back to Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Old School. We're live at Barry's in the Haymarket. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, for you folks that are on the way to stop by down here and say what's up, say hello. We've got the Husker Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Myself, Jay, we we were talking about the transfer portal as a as a means to fixing problems. Right. Is it a means to fixing problems, or is it a means to causing more problems? Or are you? It's probably kind of, fifty. I mean, it's a crapshoot. I mean, it's there. There is. I mean, it's no different than recruiting JUCO kids. It's it's for every one or two that you hit on, you might not. You might strike out on three or four. It's no different than high school kids. I mean, they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're still athletes. A lot of factors go into him, them making it at their first place or second and sometimes third, fourth places. So it's, it just kind of depends. And you got some guys that go start out at a lower level, build themselves up, get experience, and then they come up to the you know big level like Samar Torrey and ball out. And then you got some guys that go down. And never make it, or you get, you know, some guys that go, you know, from one school to the next, or so forth and so on. It all kind of depends on, you know, what type of player they they are, want to be, and, and and can be, and if they reach their maximum uh, potential. You know, it's if there was a guarantee that going to transfer portal, <laughs> everybody would be going in a transfer portal. I think the transfer portal is the ultimate vortex of bad decisions. Can the same be said for the coaching carousel? I mean, well, I think there's – it goes both ways. you got some places where, you know, it turns around really quick and then the coach leaves, you know, and goes for, you know, like a bigger school. And then you got some places where, um, you know, coaches stick it out and, and, and get past some, you know, patchy times and look at, like, Michigan. You know, obviously they kind of busted through in, in a lot of ways this year. And then you got a guy that turns something around in like two years via the help of the transfer portal and Mel Tucker, which is great. That, the transfer portal gets a lot of attention from that. But people need to understand, Mark D'Antonio built a winner, a culture um, up there. I know everybody loves the word culture um, long before he got there. So it's a little bit easier to turn that around because they, they knew how to win. They knew what – they were up there at Michigan State. And um, so it's just kind of, you know, it's hit or miss. And it's going to be interesting to see how a guy that's uh, like Brian Kelly goes down and, and deals with and navigates with not only recruiting down there, coaching down there, boosters. It, the boosters, the whole. Boosters. And that's a big deal everywhere. Even like Man. with Oklahoma, it, you talk about being a CEO, that's a different type of atmosphere. USC is a different type of, I mean, it's totally different from going from Oklahoma Athletic department boosters to USC athletic department boosters expectations so forth and so on, and those are the things that can affect things on the field because, you know, Mario Cristobal got signed I think yesterday or you know agreed to yesterday, you know one of the biggest things that has been hurting Miami is, like just say the president athletic director, athletic director and the football coach all being on the same page, right? So if you have only two or the three going way in one way and one going in the other or the football coach wanting to do this, the other two not really supporting them. You can't have the product on the field that you want. So, you know, Miami really didn't step up until they got called out on national TV by Kurt Herbstreet, you know, about how poorly it's been run from top to bottom. And then when people, when rich people are embarrassed, they start opening up their purse strings. And next thing you know, you're paying a coach $8 million. 
you open up the uh, assistant coach pool so they can actually live within an hour of campus, and then they're going to put more money into recruiting and facilities. You know, this is a blue blood program that has like 1990 facilities. So, and that and the, and the go to University of Miami, it's a it's a private school. It's in one of the most affluent areas in in South Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way they should be like that. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, and um, you know, it'll be just interesting to see how it all works. And and um, but ultimately, you know, some places are easier to turn around than than others. Speaking of Herb Street calling out a program of, of, of note, he did that Friday night with Oregon. He called out Oregon and said they should be this, – this was a sham. Oh, and how they played? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, you know, I said it yesterday, they, they had a lot of injuries coming in. But Oregon has enough depth. If you look at their recruiting numbers over the last, just say, four years, even if they have guys transfer in, they have enough depth to where they shouldn't be getting embarrassed like that. So – um, you know, that's just players, you know, not coming out there and re- being ready to play. And, and yeah, if it, you know, if crystal ball was already kind of in the pocket for a couple of weeks that could, you know, maybe take his focus away. But I just think that, um, they ran into a buzzsaw that they were not ready to match. And it, and it was, you know, you talk about the Buffalo game last night, you talk about at times, Nebraska's defense, the last couple games, you know, the, the, and, you know, the ability to or the inability to tackle, the inability to play fundamentally sound football when you play against a team that obviously emphasizes those things, physicality, fundamental football, blocking and tackling and running the ball, you see some embarrassing things happen. That Buffalo game, I mean, at the professional level, they should, I don't care if the wind is gale force winds coming sideways and changing every possession. A team should not be able to run the ball 48 times and only throw it three and embarrass you on your home field or even at their home stadium. And it wasn't about New England having a bigger, better line, which, you know, they're, they're built for that. That's what they're yeah. trying to do. But ultimately, it just had a lot to do with inability to get off blocks, uh, play entry, attention to detail, and have a little pride about yourself and, and not get embarrassed. Cause it, and that's where they're at. And you saw that with Utah and Oregon. Um and, yeah, it's a long season, and, and, you know, for college kids. But ultimately, you know, you only get, you know, 12 times to play. So you got to get yourself individually uh, ready to play. And, and, and at times, uh, you know, kids don't know how important that is. It's always, you know, what can the, you know, what are the coaches giving you a rah-rah speech? And those are great, right? You know, trying to tell you something during the week that maybe, you know, lights a fire, gets you a little bit more focused. But ultimately, when you get out there at about play 10, I don't care what anybody said to me on Tuesday. We got to figure this thing out. And we got to we got to be able to you know band together and start you know playing some real football. So, um, you know, there's a, it's it's a tremendous opportunity out here to turn some stuff around. I think uh, you know obviously everybody around here is waiting on you know who we hire as assistant coaches and you know X Y and Z. You know, everybody thinks like if you hire a name, then all of a sudden, so like. If, uh, you know, I, mean, I guess, you know, Bill Parcells comes in, then all of a sudden that's going to make you better. And all. Yeah, that's in, in theory. Yeah, he's a great coach. But ultimately, you got to adapt and, and, and want to be coached to whoever is the coach and make it the best you can. The biggest thing I think with the offensive line is attention to detail, fundamentals, physicality, and an and a, and a overhaul and an attitude change and identity change. And that can change literally um, – in that first meeting, you know, in that first meeting. And, um, 
you know, when I played here, we never had to worry about that. But I have like a little experience when I was in Buffalo. Um, one year we, we took a dip after we fired Bruce DeHaven and we had really bad special teams. It was all over ESPN and X, Y, and Z. Danny Smith came in. He said, I'm not cutting any of you guys. We're just gonna, what I want to do is cut out how you guys played in practice. So he watched how we how the practice drills we did, which obviously was similar to maybe some of the things we did in the game. And we he hammered the fundamentals. And obviously we had good kickers. We had Shane Graham from Virginia Tech. We had Chris Moore who had punted in the league, it seemed like, 20 years. So we had the you know, the main guys, but ultimately the coverage units, the return units and everything like that was the same guys, and it was the overall of accountability, expectations, and attitude. Um, and it changed in the season. We went from, I don't know what we were at, say like bottom third to top third in special teams. Like if, that. If you were allowed to be the mad scientist, what has to be the first thing that a great team has to have? Like, what's the thing uh, I mean, at the you top? Gotta, you gotta have. I mean, obviously, you gotta have guys that would love football. I mean, fo- football is not a sport that you can like. You can't like football. You know, um, I think there's too many kids in general that like football and love everything that comes with it. They love the stuff that comes with it, and they they like, they like kind of like football. Right. You gotta love both, and you gotta love to work for both. And so you gotta love football. Um, you gotta be hard. You gotta be willing to work, and you gotta you know everybody has to be a leader in their own way. Now, there's some guys that are either gonna be captains or leader by position. Um, you know, which would be like quarterback, middle linebacker, X, Y, and Z. So you need that, and obviously you need some athletes. But I think when you're at like a University of Nebraska and I, like that and the way they've recruited, you got athletes. Now you got to get the guys to step up and, and um, more guys to be out there for the right reasons and not tell me, show me. Your actions, How do you know that you because have your actions, guys? Because your actions every single day when people aren't listening or watching will speak so loud that I don't even need to hear anything that you say. You won't have to tell me that you're tough. Because when I watch the tape on a on a Tuesday in the middle of fall camp or mm-hmm. August, mm-hmm. I'll know you. I know what you're about, right? So I just think that's but, the. That's and, and, it, but in that place, is it too late? What do you mean? So let's say you find out two two days. Well, I mean, I, I'm saying you got to be able to work when nobody's watching. You got to be. Oh, you got to be comfortable of doing things that you necessarily when you wake up that you don't want to do, but you know you have to do in order to continue to improve and continue to be the best player you can be. Does the coaching staff know those things before they go to camp? I mean, I, I mean that's the coaching staff question. I mean, that's an individual choice. Well, but though. you I also mean, as a player, you know when you see somebody I mean, in not the offseason whether right. they're doing work or not. Sure. I mean, look, when we were here – not every – if we had 100 guys on the team, not every 100 of us, other guys, did what they're supposed to. What we had was a high percentage, which would be – And a high like, percentage at the top. Yeah, a high percentage of everybody that were, was doing it for the right reason. So that's what you need. You need to have your high percentage, or you need to be a higher percentage of that. You know, like like we used to have this thing on, on, your, on the day that you don't feel good, you got to be able to – Grade out at 85, 80, 85 to 88%. That's winning football every day of the week. Because not everybody's not going to not feel good on that day, so then everybody else can make up the slack so you can be up until like a 90, 95%. But you got to be able to go out there and play and operate when you don't want to. And that's ultimately uh, that's a big factor. They're probably going to make some adjustments in the way they approach things, I'm assuming. You know, I mean, I, I haven't talked to any of them, but I'm saying 
you know, I, uh, it's fair to say I'm sure they're going to go back and self-scout themselves from everything, probably when they go to sleep, when they practice, all that stuff. Everything is probably, you know, on the board because they want to make sure that they want to try to give themselves the best advantage to turn this thing around. But from a player's perspective on how to win, uh, you know, it starts in the locker room. The players can police themselves. The players can push themselves. The good peer pressure that you don't want to let each other down. The good peer pressure that we can be teammates. You don't necessarily have to like me. Like, we don't got to go to Barry's and have a beer. But when we're out here, all that stuff is gone. Or when we're out on the field and we're working, we're working for the common goal. And that's the way it is. It, it, like, if you love football, I got to love football enough to know I, if I'm with, you know, you know, sitting there and he's a Dolphins fan, I'm not going to hold that against him. And, like, oh, uh, I'm not going to block my guy on this seal play or whatever. I'm going to do what I need to do. So, um, that's just the way it is. You gotta, it's got to be about, you know, when you go in a game, it can't be like, I'm going to make a big play. It's we going to make it. Just, everything's got to be we, what we are going to do, what we need to do, us, you know, versus them. Um, you know, one other thing these guys need to get, whoever's telling these guys, I know a lot of media guys, every time somebody does makes a play, he's like, they go in he's the, off, the best. <laughs> they go in the offseason, they're like, oh, he's got a decision to make. No, stop talking about this NFL stuff. It's not. You know, it's not that easy. Well, and that's coming that from people easy. who don't know the NFL game. Yeah, but it's not like just, you don't know the, the behind the, behind the scenes and stuff that that dude's going to have to face. Right. Well, the thing is, they're forgetting. There's a lot of parity in college football. Well, if there's parity in college football outside of just say like the top ten teams, mm. that means there's parity in the players that are at those universities. So the lower universities that used to be kind of not even close to parity back when I played are you know, inching up. So that means they're inching up players wise. So what does that tell you? Just because you played here doesn't mean that a guy at Kent state isn't as just as good as you. Right. Or, you know, say you played half the time here and yeah, you got the measurables, but this guy has played three or four positions on say offense or defense. Say, you know, say he's like, he played on the line, tight end, off the ball, tight end, played a little bit of H back, had to play special teams, you know, played this, so his rep count is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be a half an inch taller or whatever, but by the time this dude's getting picked, they don't care about all that. Plus he's got a bigger heart or a bigger brain, and we haven't figured out how to, how to measure that yet. Yeah, but, the, but everything could be the same. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is his, his rep count could be two or three times yours of doing different things. So they might be like, all right, I'm going to take a flyer on that guy because, yeah, he's a half inch shorter, but he's as faster, and I've seen – 40 more plays of him or you know 100 more plays so you know they got to start looking at it as a business and you got to and you got to hit and you got to make it the best decision when it comes to fruition as a business decision but like i say you got to operate individually Mm -hmm. and you still got to think collectively so if me and you are roommates and we have aspirations to go to the league we can sit here and watch this show monday night football thursday night and be like man you know so-and-so's telling me I could go here, this, this, and this. That's fine while we're at home. Then you gotta go but when we get to one stadium drive and it's time to play Purdue, okay, we are going to kill Purdue. And we it are not going to be coming. we. can't we. be me. That's, see how easy that was? Yep. It just rolls off the tongue. We are going to kill Purdue. Mm. And when we kill Purdue and then we beat whoever and we win nine games, they don't care. They, I mean, they care about the stats. But the stats they, to but take care of themselves. The stats to take care of themselves, but it's not such a big deal because our tape is going to over, overstep any type of thing like that, and they love winners because when they know you're a winner, 
right, and they know you play winning football. They know that your transition into that locker room will be a lot more smoother than that. And you figure some things out. So Quickly. Yep, you figure some things out. We'll throw the break. Uh, call now, 402-464-5685. Nick Trivia. Nick's got something for you. He'll ask the question. If you can answer the question, you'll get 15 bucks from Upside Bar and Lounge to spend on goodies. So call now, Hondo Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. We're live at Barry's Haymarket. We'll be here till 6 o'clock. Swing by and say what's up. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.